and welcome to Mice Cast with your hosts, Greg, Mike, and Richard. Well, hello. Good evening. Good evening. Evening it is. Yes, yes yeah, it is. Whatever. It's March 11th. Richard and I just finished Eight. show number three for Political Gestures, soon to be on yeah. iTunes. You're going to pimp it already, huh? Well, <laughs> why not? Yeah. I might forget later. Uh, hey, uh... Sorry, I was syncing my new iPhone at the same time, and I was distracted oh, okay. slightly. Um, yes, 11 March. By the time you hear this, it might be too late to buy your WestFest tickets at the discounted no. rate. Oh, well, at the oh, discounted my. rate, yes, but it's not too late to buy your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Right, I forget. That's, that date is coming up quick, and I haven't bought my ticket. i got to go do that right now. Oh, see, you're one of the... the oh, gee, you, you might be lucky if you get one. Jeez. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to make Richard stand at the door. <laughs> yeah, that, looking for scalpers. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> well, let's. Uh, <coughs> oh, so totally sorry about that. Thank you very little. Jeez. Our subject tonight's going to be yeah. about the uh, "It's a Small World" changes. But before we do that, we have some emails that we should uh, read, just to stay caught up. And if really? They, yeah, I think so. And if okay. a, um, and since you're my my, uh, see, so what's Richard? If you're my Ed McMahon, is Richard my Doc Severson? No, no, because he can't. Yeah, he's he has been a long time since he's actually picked an instrument up, let alone ever played it well. Um, hey, <laughs> uh, and, and that assumes, and that assumes that I feel like you know, being Ed your McMahon? show, and I'm just your sidekick. <laughs> well, talk more then. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an email from. I I prefer Greg. to think of myself as the cooler head. Right. You go. Inject. You go ahead and keep thinking that. Greg. What? Greg. What? Richard. We're the ones. We're the ones that actually like to have something worthwhile to say before we start talking. We're not just talking out of our arse all the time just to fill in space. That's right. what all people who. That's what all the silent people always say. But it, you know, it's not true. Yeah, okay. Okay. Remember, remember, hey, come on. Present now, I, might, I might just let you go a few shows and let you see how it goes. Anyways, back to our email from Jason in San Diego. One of our early big fans has a T-shirt. Has, exactly. But a has been pictured in the T-shirt and sent it to us. So he always gets uh, some kudos from us. Says, hey, Mike, Greg, and I guess it seems like he has decided to commit Richard. Oh, that's, thank you. First uh-huh. off, thanks for being so consistent on your shows. And you're welcome. Like we said, it's easy. We turn on the mic and talk about nothing. So it's really easy. I encourage anyone who listens to your podcast, give them your support. Hey, maybe buy a shirt. Anyways, I had an idea for a topic, and maybe you've covered it before. So somebody may have to jot this down since we don't do research and we might forget. Yeah. How well do you think Disney cares how well do you think Disney takes care of its legacy? Actually, you know, that's a really good question. I think we'll have to go back and do this. Takes care of its legacy. legacy. I'm going to write that down. because that's Break a, out the paper now. That's a good topic. So I love the Disney Treasure DVD, and they have announced there's not releasing anymore. And really, I don't feel they've promoted them at all. With the Mystics of Walt's apartment, it's now become part of a tour stop. And it gives me a link to go to. Check the daily itinerary, day number four. I thought Lasseter was going to bring some of this back. And if I hear his story about being a sweeper again, I'll puke. <laughs> <laughs> For the Snow White, well, see, is that something like the panty stories? Though the Montana so. dude likes the panty stories. Um, 
and well, he's in Montana. What can you say? Isn't that where the Unabomber was hanging out? Is that Montana? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Up, up that I don't know. In a cabin somewhere. Like Northwest somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for Snow White exhibit, we'll bring some of this back for the Snow White exhibit in DCA. If I hadn't stumbled across the giant line to take your picture with her, I wouldn't even have known she was there. I didn't know Snow White had some giant exhibit in DCA. I guess I haven't really been yeah, wandering around. The, uh, Snow White exhibit that's going on over in the animation building there. Oh, okay. And then I okay. guess she's coming out now and then to be seen and photographed with. Yeah. Okay. All right. I almost feel like Disney right now is a machine with no face. Do they need one? This. These are some really good questions. Jason's Jason's that on is, it tonight. Um, yeah. <laughs> now he needs to learn how to spell Eisner, but in the Eisner years, he was all over the place. Who's the face now? Roy Disney, Lassiter, oh, Tony no. Baxter, Marty Scalar, the crazy guy with the one giant ear thing going. Brody. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't sure Iger. I don't even uh, tell him. Let's see. I could even tell what he looks like. It seems like with the House of the Future and DCA's new Main Street being about what Walt saw when he got to Hollywood, the redo of New Orleans Square Dream Suite, they're trying to say, hey, we have a legacy. Are they doing a good job and can it be done better? Can't wait for West Fest, though I probably can't pull off the drunken debauchery meet on Friday. I hope you guys will uh, have me or see me soon. See you at West Fest, Jason in San Diego. And he wants wow. us to have a drink on him. So I'll remember that when I buy one that you you owe me. What is it, about six bucks for a beer over there? On the drunk uh, Yeah, Closer to seven, but yeah. Ooh, ouch. For a, for a little old beer. And then a um, pint. No, it's all right. Uh, hey, hey, Greg. Love both MiceCast and IMW Podcast. Keep up the great work. Thank you. You and Richard keep mentioning another great podcast. Well, I wrote in great podcast called Political Gestures, or maybe it's spelled Jest Turs, like a jester. Didn't think, no, we did spell it with a G, not the jesters, but that would have been good too. We were thinking yeah. more of like hand gestures. Hand gestures, making of, yeah. <laughs> Either way, I don't find them listed Counting anywhere. Your on your parents? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> that or Mike's IQ, one of the two. Either way, I don't find them listed anywhere on iTunes or even on Google. That's because we haven't put them up yet. We're just recording a few to get them in a can so we can, you know, be up and running uh, with a with a vengeance. Uh, is it up and running? Do you need to know the secret handshake to find this podcast? Uh, so the freaking Dims don't shut you down with the <laughs> fairness doctrine. <laughs> Why does he think that you might be talking from the right? I don't know, but I have to say <laughs> that I believe we've been pretty fair so far. I mean, it's yeah. obviously I think we'll come off with a little bit of a uh, a favor. I don't want to say favoritism, but uh, I don't know. I think we've been fairly fair in talking both sides. So. You cannot get the right name for one of the candidates. I know. I keep calling him Osama instead of Obama. Yeah. I don't know. It just slides out uh, before I know it. And I think anyway. it's all your real Linda references that make them think you're talking from the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you've been to real Linda, you'd know why. Uh, <laughs> so, any emails into either one of your email uh, boxes? Um, yeah. We, we got one from... Uh, Tigger about the. Uh, I don't read his email. About the. Um, Just kidding. Go ahead. Screamscape also talked about. Oh, I got I, that email. I yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but go, well, Don Hill, that's it. funny. 
Yeah, I liked it. He he picked uh, up on that. How many colloquialisms have we made up now? We got DF, we got dunghill, we've got uh, Al putts, and some <laughs> of them have got legs. You know, we may need to make buttons for uh, Westfest that says putts and dunghill. That would be good. Putts and dunghill. That's, we putts and dung. Yeah. Unfortunately, right. we're, we're not going to be able to do a, a BS button because I think that one might get pulled. But uh, we should make up a Sheila one. All right. So you want me to read? Yeah. yeah go <laughs> you ahead. Want me to read? Yeah. Okay. Jim Hill. All right. It's almost a month old, but I found this on Scream Screamscape, <laughs> and they're taking Dung Hills, Night Kingdom story slash rumor. What do you guys think? Jim Hill Media chummed the Disney waters today with his latest report about a possible new fifth park project in the works called Disney's Night Kingdom. This concept is apparently something to compete with Discovery Cove. It will feature a limited number of guests in a very interactive environment at a very premium price, $250 to $300. I can confirm that ever since SeaWorld first announced their plans for Discovery Cove, Disney has been slaving away on a number of ideas to create a similar high-end concept, though most of them have involved finding an alternate use for a closed-down Discovery Island and River Country areas. Anyone remember the old rumor about Disney hi- hiring the Mist video game team to create an adventure concept for them? Did you know that? I never heard that. I never heard that either. Okay. Anyway, after reading through Jim's article, my first real impression is that this isn't a plan for a fifth park at all, but more of a concept for a high-end after-hours tour experience around the resort. In his own description, it mentions guests checking in at an expanded Adventures Club location, night vision tours of the Savannah at Animal Kingdom, a tour of a bat cave and other things that all sound like they take place in existing areas of Walt Disney World. They don't after own the, the, bat, ref- the Batman rights, do they? Who owns Batman? No. Warner Brothers. Right, but how can you go in the bat cave unless you own the rights to the. <laughs> Not the bat cave, a bat cave. Oh, okay. Existing. Little, right, little B. Little B. <laughs> yeah. All right, take place in existing areas of Walt Disney World after the rest of the daytime guests have gone home. A lot of the idea really offered. or. Uh, a lot of the idea really sounds more like a nighttime version of the same kind of adventure tour concept cruise lines offer at the various ports, except that instead of offering it to cruise guests, it will be offered to Walt Disney World Resort guests on property. Seeing in that light, it does, it does make sense and sounds like something that could be arranged with a small capital investment. Since the key is finding a way to make money off of many resort areas that are closed at night, which is pretty much the same concept that drove Disney to create the whole grad night concept in the first place. Oh, whoa, huh. whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm okay. Is he done? Now there's one more little paragraph. Okay, go. But I'm not. Ju- I'm just not buying it as a concept for official fifth park. Just by calling it a fifth park would indicate to most guests it'll be something included in their park hopper options, which it clearly would not be. Keeping in mind the concept's rumored adventure club check-in location. I'm just going to call Disney's Night Kingdom an adventure tour and nothing more. Okay. Now it's done. Thanks, Ray, a.k.a. Tigger RPH on the board. So I just pulled up his email here. All right. Let's, let's, I can't resist but have a little rebuttal or discussion <laughs> on his email, and then we'll get into our topic. I, I agree. It sounds like it's a, not a truly a fifth gate from some of the things I've heard, but it seems like they take advantage of night viewing on the savannas and stuff take you out there something like that stick your head in hippo's mouth (laughs) exactly now is having a premium park for as some people might say the privileged um or the opulent the people who have money to be opulent and all this crap would you what is a closer competitor let's look at all the parks in florida first there was disney sea world came along somewhere i think sea world 
came along after Disney. Um, pretty sure they did. You've got the what used to be called the Dark Continent. Now just, I believe, Bush Gardens, right? Yeah, that was down in Tampa, though. Yeah. Right. Well, so you got the floor. I'm just, you know, the general Central Florida yeah. area. I would have called bringing in Animal Kingdom and the Safari a direct competition to the Dark Continent because they had a, I believe it was more of a tram. I think it's an elevated tram, somewhat like San Diego's Wild Animal Park. Okay. And they've got animals. To me, that is a competition because even the whole Dark Continent, they had the white um, Bengal tigers, they had animals. What's the Animal Kingdom have? Animals, rides. Okay, so now people don't have to drive over to Tampa to get that, right? Correct. That sounds like direct competition. Park price is probably close to the same. Now, SeaWorld, they've never really, what I would call, competed with SeaWorld. They don't have any aquamarine shows, any water shows, nothing of that sort. So Universal comes in. They do some roller coasters. They do some studio stuff. We run. We got a studio open. Direct competition. You know, try to keep up. We put Everest in, probably an answer to some of the other coasters going in at Universal. That's what I'm assuming. Okay. But Everest is an Everest over at Animal Kingdom. What? What did that have to do with anything? Adding a coaster like uh, Everest to compete Sorry, with Everest. coasters in the other parks. Universal and MGM. I just was assuming we were going park to park. Anyways. Yeah, I'm saying it competes oh, with... Islands of Adventure is considered a separate gate, isn't it? At yeah, Universal? it is a separate gate. So competing against the parks that have more excitement and roller coasters, Disney needed another exciting type attraction. Here comes Everest. Okay, now, so I, I consider those pretty direct competition. SeaWorld puts in a $300 play with the dolphins. Swim with the dolphins. You know, if it you know, it sounds to me like three hundred dollars should get you in with a shark, but we're we're just gonna stick with the dolphins. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a better idea to me. Well, you can swim oh, with the sharks more. already at at uh, at one of the uh, water parks, so. But I bet everybody thought they were typhoon lagoon the has swim with. What? Ty- yeah, typhoon lagoon has swim with the sharks. So, Disney answers with a three hundred dollar park. Also, has nothing to do with water. Has nothing to do with dolphins. Has nothing to do with I should say tuna free dolphins or dolphin free tuna. Dolphin. <laughs> you got it backwards. I'd <laughs> be mahi mahi tuna free. Um, uh, are we mahi yet? mahi is not so, a dolphin. I know it's not. Oh, gosh. Why is this considered a direct competition? It's nothing like what SeaWorld's offering. Okay. All right. See, this is where you were kind of paying attention. It doesn't say that this is okay. No the thing Ray, that they Ray's they, not they saying want, that, but that was hitting a lot of yeah, the boards. Yeah, yeah. Screamscapes. Uh, their position is Disney wants to have a similar high end concept. Okay, that's that's their main thing. Discovery Cove's working for SeaWorld. Disney wants a piece of that pie. Apparently, according to this, you know the Jim the Dung Hill rumor is that the best thing they could come up with is using Animal Kingdom for it. So, yes, if they use Animal Kingdom for it, it's not direct competition. But the fact that they have some sort of high-end, you know, guest-exclusive $300 thing, 
that's what they're after. Do you see the difference in that argument? No, I I, 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 I get that, but you're and you're right. They're not building a park for it. They're taking advantage of areas that are closed. Now he's expanding it into more than just Animal Kingdom, but exploring uh, all parks after hours or any closed well, attraction I, after hours. I think what his letter is also going is he doesn't look at it as we're building a park as in direct competition. He doesn't look at it as your Dolphin Cove. He looks at this as just an extended additional tour type deal. It's not maybe a high-end tour, but not a new park's quote unquote. Yeah, actually, I think Ray's breaking it down where a lot of the rumors going around some of the boards is this is a direct competition. They're opening a fifth gate. And I think Ray's just pointing out, based on what we're getting here, if we can trust these sources, it's not really a fifth park. There might be a fifth no. experience. Yep. Um, There's no way they're going to build a fifth gate for this. I think it would be, I think they should, you know, this has been our opinion that they should spend more in the parks they have and not try to do a fifth gate tour or fifth gate just concentrate no. on what they have. Correct. If they if they spend more in the parks, then they can do this after hours thing for 300 bucks and it might be worth their while because, you know, the park that they choose has been upgraded to support it. Yeah, and, you know, if they would keep the parks open later, it's been kind of my beef since I've been going in the uh, 21st century that the parks close at like 7, 8, and, and it's and, just and it's just so a spreadsheet for hours, labor hours versus income looks good. Yeah, and then they have the couple, you know, they have this this extra hours here, that extra hour there. But in general, I mean, I in the I haven't been there in the summer, so I can't speak to that. I know I was there at spring break, and I was surprised the hours weren't as long as they were or used to be, you know, at Disneyland and, and such. Eight to one and, in the morning, yep. eight a.m. to one a.m. Awesome. I, will, I, will make, I will make a quick rebuttal as well, real fast, on the talk about uh, Walt just having the grad nights oh, as just a, I was. That's course. why I, I'm thank, thank you, Richard, for bringing that up. That was the next thing I was going to com, not complain about, but point out. Go ahead. Well, it, in actuality, the whole thing was sort of like a graduation present. There was a cost, but Excuse it wasn't me. near as much as what was spent on grad nights back in the when the original grad nights were started in 1961 it has since become a huge ticket item to disneyland but as i think if you listen to the, the couple of shows of what goes on at disneyland after the park closes we've explained there is a heck of a lot of stuff that has to be done at night when the park is closed and grad nights prevent that from happening that's why you, they kind of space the grad nights the way they space them out and it's not just that the park is closed and we're not we don't have an opportunity to make money the park is closed that's the only opportunity we have to be able to reset and repair things yeah i don't know where ray got this this idea that it's uh, not ray's idea no well he's saying it i don't he didn't say this came off a of dreamscape the way i got it this is him postulating at this point maybe he's saying it's dreamscape but it's the dreamscape. idea that or i'll, screw I'll what, verify while you're talking yeah um his idea that they would take advantage of the park being closed with a small investment and create grad night is like a cash cow is, uh, I find that kind of totally obscene. And Richard's right. It's got more high dollar to the schools, which has actually caused a lot of schools not to do it anymore. They get, uh, I think my kids high school didn't even do grad night at Disneyland. They chose to do a different type of grad night. A lot of them do these, 
what do they call them, lock-ins or whatever, where they go to the gym or oh. they do something else. But my neighbors, their kids went to uh, Dave and Buster's overnight. Uh, yeah, good. So I, I and as you know, the price it, went up, the standards have gone down. in yeah, grad night. I mean, it used to be. Uh, which is another and, reason yeah, they decided not to do it. Jacket, suit, and tie. Girls in dresses or pantsuits. No colors. No. I mean, they were very strict to the point of having wardrobe trailers out there. And if you showed up in a t-shirt. Which you should have never been able to get on the bus at your school. So I partly blame that on the schools for not enforcing the policy that Disney put out. You were walked over to that trailer. You were put in a suit before you were ever allowed to go into the park. But I know when I don't know who's at your grad night, Richard. But uh, the bands that were at my grad night were were top line performers of the time, and they put a lot yeah, of money we, out. You know, we we had Berlin. Over, I think you had that the same year. Yeah, I, I didn't have was, Berlin at mine. Well, we we had Berlin on the river stage, and I'm trying to remember who else we also had around there. But yeah, you're right. We had top line name performers that were at this. Now I will say, yeah, today I think the ticket is like eighty, eighty or ninety bucks. A lot of it, some of it's put down by Disney on what their price is, but the schools also will add. Uh, to that cost because of their bus transportation and everything else that they have going to it. So Disney doesn't put the exact price out. Schools are individuals. But the we don't, I haven't seen the performer. Well, then again, maybe the names that they have performing aren't big names to me. Uh, heaven knows I'm not the biggest uh, uh, person to talk to about what's what's hip and what's not. But... That's I true. Really noticed, I really haven't noticed any of the names that we used to have that showed up on the performances. But regardless, I'm it, actually surprised the, Berlin was at your place since they really didn't hit big time until about 1984, maybe. No one had. I, I mean, they had. I saw 80, Berlin. I saw Berlin at the Universal Amphitheater in 1983. In 83, because they hit top. Uh, their Top Gun song was 86. Um, well, sex was 1982. So, I mean, that, that was, they were pretty brand new at the time, uh, for you at your grad night, but I wish I could have saw Berlin. Berlin's awesome. Yeah. So, but. All right. Searching nice, nice, nice Orange is... County band. Yeah. You know what? We've, we've kind of, I don't know. We've beat the, it doesn't really matter if he's saying it or they're saying it at this point. We, Richard and I, both ex Disney employees are, or. One ex employee, one current. Our, we're not we're not going to sit happy with that statement, and we we uh, are going to disagree that that's why grad nights are there, right? Right. Damn straight. Um, in fact, you know, I'm going to jot this down. This I think would probably make a uh, good subject matter coming up in the next few weeks. Talk on about grad night. Grad what? nights, grad past night? and present. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. We got Most a story where for me. <laughs> yeah, we we have a story where one of our, our Richard and I, one of our co-workers, was uh, brutalized by a performer, and there's a good story behind that one. You remember that? I'm trying to remember, but brutalized as in beat with fists or verbally brutalized? Both. <laughs> okay. And the worst part of it is, and that will get into the story, is what supervision did or didn't do. So, yeah, write that down. That'd be a, another good show. Or we could change our topic tonight and just roll into that and screw Small World. Now, let's talk about Small World. Let's, okay. We, we've already got that set up. Right. Let's do it. All this. right. Well, I yeah, got, like we did I, a lot of research. Um, yes, I got an email. Mike. We'll save it for next week. Okay. We got one more. We'll save it for next week. Okay. Sounds good. 
Um, so on to the subject. It's it's a small world, and yes, it is. So much more small in the 21st century. But <laughs> just, are you reading? No, no, no. I was trying to be like Richard, who you know tries to flower things up, and you know, and okay, get all you mushy. Don't do it very well, Greg. I, I, it's just not my nature to bullshit like that. That's not about <laughs> bullshit. That's adding texture to the speech. Yeah. Oh, nice no. comeback, Richard. Texture. Richard knows about texture, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that's traveled know with Richard bullshit, knows that he so knows about texture. Uh, well, I might know about texture, but you're the specialist in bullshit. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think Aussie John may have something to say about that when he comes out in a month or so. I think so. he'll agree with me. Uh, you'll be surprised <laughs> what he has to say. But we'll leave that for John. I wouldn't want to put any words in John's mouth that he hasn't already said. So, <laughs> so right now it's a small world's down for almost a year, or I guess it will reopen right before the Christmas It'll holidays open. again. Right, isn't it it's supposed right? to open with the holiday overlay? Now, isn't that kind of lame? It closes with the holiday overlay. They're doing all of this supposed work, and it's going to reopen okay. with the overlay yeah. on top of it again, which means some of the work that they're doing inside potentially could be somewhat less noticeable. And maybe that's the point, because some of what they're talking about doing is going to set. We're going to sound like a bunch of freaking DFs here, but it's yeah, really yeah. kind of DF warning. <laughs> it's really kind of uh, lame. They might as well as they might as well bulldoze the attraction, in my my opinion, with uh, some of the concepts I've seen that they are thinking about going with here. Now, I'll tell you from where I've been hearing it from a couple of the project managers that have been working on it that I've talked to everything. For the most part, everything in Small World, when you go in there as a guest and you go in and ride it, you are not really going to notice anything different from what it looked like in the past. The main thing they're doing is on an operational end. What they're doing is they're, the transport system and the flumes that the boats have traveled in are the same things that have been there for 40 years. They're cleaning those up in an effort to make them more efficient and be able to move more guests through the attraction, okay, now, similar I, to pirates. Okay, that's I, what I'm being told by. That's, that's fine. I heard they the, were making the trough a little deeper, making it deeper and larger to be able to handle larger boats uh, well, okay. and the heavier people. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> well, get right we, down we, to we, it. We, they, we, we need the, the tub of lards don't want to sink the boats anymore. So Disney's, I, you know, accommodating the fat people. And by golly, I'm going to say it again. You know, and I want them right now because I'm pushing a little higher that, weight than I normally no, want to. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing that Al Putz comment Fat? on his article in there about if you consider it, if you have a heavier person, they're going to be a larger person. You're going to not going to be able to fit, and not, you're going to have fewer people in the boat <laughs> yeah, if true. you have heavier people. It it balances out. The yeah, whole for thing, instance, they would stupid. never put you, me, and Mike in the same row. Exactly, we'd, we'd be split up. Yes, they would. Not no, in that boat, they would. No, Pirates, they yes. Small world, no. And, and that's the whole thing. Is Besides, I wouldn't have, have my cheeks that close to your cheeks if, if I could right. afford to. <laughs> I'd want my own row. I don't want to sit next to either one of you guys. But the thing is, that's just it. Pirates has the new larger boats in there. They're going to be doing something similar where they're going to have a larger boat that can accommodate more people. Okay, done, which we're, means, we're, wait, done, we're done with the heavy loaders. Now, do you then disbelieve this article that says they're adding some other content into the attraction that would be let's say a little to the left or right well, doesn't really matter which direction you turn a little off center from what the attraction 
Oh, sorry. That just oh came out. Oh, my God. <laughs> a little <laughs> off center of what the original yeah. attraction was planned for. Was when, when UNICEF part on your end? Yeah. When, when UNICEF came to Disney or Disney went to UNICEF, however the hell that happened, when they got together and they made this attraction, there was a concept, you know, and everybody really goes off on Mary Blair. Personally, I'm not a huge Mary Blair fan. I recognize her talent, and she had a certain style. Not my favorite style. It's not bad. But what some of the new show pieces don't sound all that exciting. It sounds like another almost way to get a another plush sold or another uh, cheap well, why don't you go Insert. through some of the list to, before I start saying whether I okay. believe her. Why don't okay. you go through some of the stuff that's listed here in this article okay. the, here? Uh, the Fab one. Five plus, uh, like Stitch, uh, maybe uh, the Lion, Simba. the Lion King Simba. These characters will be added. Jasmine, Ariel, Jasmine to different. Okay, so Jasmine, where do you think she's going to go? Mm. Mm. They're in front of the Taj Mahal, probably. Yeah, uh, Ariel. Uh, we have a mermaid section, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure where Mickey... See, Mickey can go anywhere. He can put a kilt on. He can put but, a yarmulke on. He could be I like anybody. This, I like this really bad Photoshop picture. Yeah, the Photoshop picture is pretty lame. Um, yeah. You could... Simba, obviously, would go in the African area. Uh, now, and then the the biggest thing that really has these guys on this website... I mean, they their panties are in a bunch about the characters... But what really gets them going is the removal of the rainforest. And they've got a whole campaign, Save the <laughs> Save Rainforest. Save the Rainforest. And, and what's supposed to go in the rainforest. And personally, I never thought the rainforest was any big deal. I thought it was kind of cheesy. Well, they, they cover it up for the holiday overnight. For the holiday, they do, yeah. But in general, I thought it was cheesy. Anyways, they're going to put this big Celebrate America um, USA land in that section, according to what's this article. What's wrong with that? What's <laughs> wrong with it? I don't find that there's anything wrong with it, but... You could say that the United States isn't really represented in the attraction, except at the end when they got one cowboy and Indian when everything is white. And you could look at it as, you know, America is that melting pot. Is It's a bunch of cultures. There is no single culture. So that's why it's not really represented. And also to teach Americans, because it went at a World Fair, about other cultures. That's a possibility, but if they do this America the way this picture is shown, and, and let and let me just can build I finish? On can I finish that that last little sentence before you do that? Yes. The, the thing about this way they're designing this America area seems a little, I don't know, in your face compared to a lot of the other areas. It just it just doesn't have the classic feel of the the rest of the attraction. I don't believe. Now, Richard, you may go ahead. Well, I was just going to say your comment about to kind of educate Americans uh, a little bit more onto the rest of the world. One has to, re I'm just building on what you said, one has to remember that this was originally designed for the New York World's Fair. So your predominant people coming into the New York World's Fair would be people that live in America, New York, New England in general. So that goes right into exactly what with, with what you were saying. Okay, good. And we know the New Yorkers need culture, right? <laughs> Did you, you know, if you're reading this, there's a couple sentences here that are very germane. And, the, you know, there's two sentences. The original show writers were asking American audiences to step away from their own national consciousness and take stock in the wider world around them. 
It's a small world. It was never about nationalistic fervor. It was about finding our common humanity outside our own borders. Okay, now that's all good. That's all fine and good. But on the other hand, why not recognize, let's say, forget the American culture. Forget, uh, you know, the, the Statue of Liberty and, and the stuff they're showing in there. Why not uh, have an area that's dedicated to the original inhabitants or as close as we can get to the original inhabitants? You know, uh, American in- <coughs> American Indians, possibly. Something, I mean, the Canadians have the booth, the uh, Bucktooth Mountain. <laughs> Bucktooth Mountain. And, and, and we know a few Canadians, was- and that really fits. So, uh, you know, what can we do here to show America without seeming too flag-waving and make it fit within the well, scope of how well, the Small I, Worlds I was, was done? That's was a good question. That, I was going to bring that very thing up, is that you do have a Canadian section in there with your... Uh, Royal Mountie and your uh, mounted police and your totem pole and everything else going on there. You have a Mexican area with the uh, Teotihuacan pyramid and the Mayan calendar sitting in the kid with the chicken. (laughs) With the chicken. The kid with the chicken. But you you do have these areas. Chicken, is that what you're thinking? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Last time I wrote through there, I did. The chicken wasn't being choked so much, though. This, this has to be a Navy joke, right? You know, it amazes me, Mike, how much Richard really doesn't know about life. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, Richard. Do we we'll explain, explain it, it to you off air. Okay. He can I think I know Raleigh. Earl's because he and I yeah. have had this discussion before. <laughs> well, Earl, all I have to say, that Earl points out the most obvious sometimes, of course, the Norway the Norway uh, yeah. one eyes, being yeah. one of the the best examples of it, but uh, so con- to continue, um, um, yeah, you're right. We're but then again, we're we're the host of it, so do we need to them. really point that out? But we do get a lot of foreign travelers, but obviously they're here in America. They know what, what it looks like, um, and I really don't have a, that big of a problem with an insertion of uh, you know in America in a way. But I don't know, you know, it's like. It's like some updates to attractions, when they update it, everything looks too new, too modern, and it makes the rest of it look kind of old and lacking. You know, the new Johnny Depp figures, for example, almost look so good that everything around them looks... Looks old and stale. Yeah. And, you know, it is, really. But, yeah. It's the same kind of thing. And if, if this artwork is even close, or, or is that a shot from potentially from the version that's going in Hong Kong. I don't know. I have no idea what this picture where this picture came from. If it, again it's um the picture the picture of the America scene is from Paris. That's the Paris one. Okay. So then you have to ask yourself Well that makes sense do, that the the, the do, they have, uh, do they have a France? Do they have the France section like we have there in Paris? That would be interesting. Because see I find this a little garish compared to the rest of it's yeah, a small world yeah, that we know. Yeah, now theirs may, theirs may all be like this. I don't know, but it makes sense why the the Statue of Liberty is there because there's a connection with France and us with the, the Statue yes. of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, the History Channel was just running a thing, a little seg or a little sidetrack here for a second about the Colossus. And Colossus of Rhodes. Uh huh. And how, in a lot of ways, similar and meaningful, the Colossus is and was. And it and, and the Statue of Liberty 
being kind of the same way and for the same purposes. And the guy that designed it was like a freak for the Colossus, did a lot of research on it. And it was kind of interesting, but there was a tie that I never really thought about. In fact, to the point, it's almost got a hat that looks like the, or the, the, the horns or thorns, whatever's in the top of the Queen Mary, the, you know, or the uh, Queen Mary, got Queen Mary in my brain too. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Those little, um, little spikes. Yeah. Yeah, The The spikes. Yeah. The crown. Okay. Uh, anyways, so I just thought that was interesting for any History Channel people. Might How big out. was the Colossus of Rhodes, according to the History Channel? I, you know, I they weren't talking about the height at the time, or if they did, I didn't hear it because uh, I was doing something else at the same time, and it wasn't choking the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, uh, I think one of the bigger things too is the insertion of the Disney characters into this classic e-ticket. Right. Is it troubling to you guys to see Belle, Mickey, Stitch, Nemo, any of these guys stuck in to this attraction? <sighs> well, I shouldn't say stuck in, but, you know, woven into the storyline of it's. I don't know. I think, it, I think it takes away from it, it the, the attraction. From yeah. Okay, I mean, for a person who's okay, never any- been in it before, will it really matter? Will they someone who's know? never been in it before? Yes. Is this a DF moment where we're just so upset because it? Oh, you know, it, first of all, I'm not upset, but uh, I, yeah, I'm gonna have to say because you know some things are some things are pitch perfect the way they are. Okay, it was putting Johnny. Everybody freaked when Johnny Depp was gonna go in a classic e-ticket attraction. Okay, but you're putting a pirate in a pirate ride. Okay, if you put Ariel with the mermaids, or if you put. Uh, okay. Bell well, in the French area. Now see, Stitch Ariel, has no Ariel, logical. Look, Stitch has no okay. logical home unless we're now going to represent outer space somewhere. Correct. Let, let me let but me throw. Remember, these are children. It's a small world. It's children. There's no grown-ups. Do we do the There's baby no version? What's that? Do we baby, do the Disney baby babies. version? <laughs> but, so, Ariel, you know, Ariel. You can might make an argument that she's a teenager, so she might. I don't know, but Bell's an adult. Oh, barely though. She, you know, well, Simba, they, young about, Simba, hey, he, can, he can fit probably. But think about the time of Beauty and the Beast. She was probably thirteen. That was okay back then. Come oh, on. she wasn't <laughs> thirteen. One thing, the one thing that I would just, that would bother me a little bit though is that it's a small world. The style of the figures that are in there is a particular style that's special to that attraction. You don't see that style of figure so much anywhere else on another ride. When they added Johnny Depp into the Pirates of the Caribbean, you already had human-looking, caricature-driven figures that were in there. Adding Captain Jack Sparrow went right along with the characters you've already created inside the attraction. Good good point. If you were to add Ariel or Nal or or some of these other characters into its small world, it's going to detract because it's taking away from the stylization. Because Correct. Don't forget what one of the nicknames is. It's the dollhouse because they have a doll look about it. That's what makes it so scary. And you you are correct, Richard, though I'm making the analogy to well, pirates because a lot of the, you know, fundamentalists were freaking that they were changing the attraction to include a pop icon with the currently popular movie. So I use that as an analogy, but you are correct. We have a dollhouse, and, and we'll have characters that are totally out of character in the dollhouse. And and you're right. The the Captain Jack character is a pop icon, 
but it fits within the scheme of what's been created in the Pirates of the Caribbean. You go a hundred years from Cause, now because Pirates of the Caribbean inspired the Jack Sparrow character to begin with. No, I you, go, you don't have to. Go, you don't have to um, convince well, just, me of that. Yeah, but I think Mike and I are just elaborating on it for anybody else else's sake that might not be convinced yet. You go a hundred years from now to a group of people that have no clue who Johnny Depp is, and they might not even know what a movie is, much less the Pirates movies. The Jack Sparrow character that's in the Pirates doesn't detract from it because it's just another character yeah, that's added. Are you, are you trying to think that 100 years from now that I'm just it's saying be it, there? or You it, might be able it, to go 10 years from now and the average teenager might not know and I'm it'll be saying, the old people who know who Johnny Depp is and the yeah, young kids are going, who the hell is that? Case, but I'm, just, I'm just saying that, yes, the, it's correct that it's a pop icon going in there, but it's in such a way that even if you know, we didn't have the movie or anything, and you just added that character into the show. It doesn't change anything of what the show is. Well, the, the, what it, changes it, it is is it's based off a real life person that you know. Most of those other figures you would not have known from, you know, any Joe on the street. But you took a name actor, well, although, two of them, uh, by although, the way. Although all the faces, for the most part, we talked about this before. The faces are based on a number of the artists. I guess you weren't listening were, when I said the average Joe on the street. You've taken but two famous the, people from the movies and put but them in. You're there. Not, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. Oh, yes, I am. You're not. And put that bell away. <laughs> you cannot use that bell unless I'm there to able to hit it as well. What I'm saying Get your own freaking bell. Is regardless. <laughs> and regardless, she was good, too. <laughs> regardless. Of whether you know you want to say Johnny Depp is a pop pop icon right now, and the Jack Sparrow character is a pop icon right now, regardless, even if nobody knew who Johnny Depp was or who Jack Sparrow was, that character that's been added into the attraction. Yeah, but see, you're going off to a, a tangent that doesn't matter. We do know who they are now. It, but that's what I'm saying is it doesn't matter if we know who they are now, because in five years from now we might not know what I am. But it saying, does though, matter is, now. What I'm saying is, going back to it's a small world. If you added these characters, yeah, they're they have the la the the, the longevity to be able to stay in there. But it's going to detract from what the show. But aren't aren't they like. children? I aren't these characters really icons for children anyway? Right, yes. but they're detracting from the Why? dollhouse. Why? I, okay, I'm gonna just play devil's advocate for a minute because I really think it's a bad idea too but the average child going in there now, they're not going to buy into this dollhouse concept oh there's Mickey, there's there's, there's uh, Ariel Bell they will connect with it I'm saying Mike, when your kids go in, it's a small world and they're freaked out by the freaky dolls that all look like Chucky rejects and they start seeing Disney iconic characters that they recognize, I'm playing devil's advocate here Will they not probably go cool? Because they're not an adult fundamentalist who's grown up with this thinking this is, you know, absurd. They're probably going to react positively. And I will say... Up until what age? Up, well, for them, maybe forever, because this is something that will be introduced this, to them young, and they'll have enough time to be brainwashed to think it's okay. Way, okay, wait, wait. Look, let, me, let me lead Greg down this path for a second. Teenagers now... That have gone to see Small World the way it is now. Do they respect it now? What percentage of teenagers, 12, 13, 14 year old kids, do respect Small World now? Um, they've seen it, you know, and they've seen I don't it think that, for but three, four year old kids, right? To tell you the truth, I th 
personally think from a lot of the teenagers I've talked to because of my kids' age don't like this attraction. They're, okay. anno- they're annoyed now, by the song. They don't go on the attraction. Okay. Now you add the Fab Five and these other characters, and they've seen it since they're three or four. Now they're you know that's been in there ten years, and they're thirteen, fourteen year old. They're gonna, are they going to think any different of it than current teenagers do without the characters in there? I think potentially yes, because it, they really because they were drawn I, into it from the known characters. But Ver- they're, okay, but three four year old kids are drawn into it the same way, regardless of the characters are in there or not. Well, no, I think, it's a sense I think, of wonder floating through this thing. Oh, now you're starting to sound like Richard. Um, no, you don't think a three or four year old kid right, is, is, right. is, feels a sense of wonder floating through small world? No. <laughs> on, on average, uh, Greg, I, on average, I don't. I I think they're they're kind of oh cool, but I think it's more of the parents you, telling them how cool it is, not that the kids. Removed. You've been too far removed from that area. My kids didn't never really enjoy this attraction. A lot. I took them on it. Again, it's like you swear you're not going to do to your kids what your parents did to you, right? And you do it to them anyways. You make them stand with the character when they don't want to be there. Uh, you do all those things for that picture, that Kodak moment, which almost, you know, soon will never be a Kodak moment anymore. Um, no, Kodak's still getting into digital. They were smart. They're, they're following through. It's just not the same. The Kodak moment yeah. has lost its meaning. Almost, almost like the e-ticket has lost its meaning, but um, I, I think it would be different because kids are responding to those characters. I think part of this is because they know people will respond to it. And what's going to be right at the end of this this attraction? The Toy Story, <laughs> a freaking Toy Story, exactly. So but now, toys- now you're going to have those toys, those Mickey characters, connecting with It's a Small World, possibly dressed. And package, which it's a small world thing. But, there's but a new new financial you already, opportunity. You already have small world toys that are being sold in that toy store, and in the meantime, you're yeah. But now about, you have an, a new angle and twist that you don't have right now. Ta- you're talking like this, like the show needs something. Like it's losing its audience. It has yet to lose its audience. It's still one of the busier uh, attractions Next. in the park. Well, not now because it's under rehab, but. You know well, what? It would be I, hard to make it busy right now, but yes, you know would. what I mean. When it when it's open, it's still one of the. Busier I think it stays parts. busy. I don't know if I could actually con- confirm because you know we can never get those figures. I would say I don't remember it being. I, I remember being busier when I was a kid than it is now. I think you just remember the lines being longer because you had less patience as a kid. You're more apt to be... Actually, I have less patience now. When I was a kid, I stood in line thinking nothing of it. Now I go and I'm like, I'm not standing in that line. (laughs) As a kid, there was nothing to go. The lines looked bigger back then. No, absolutely not. I can almost guarantee you that Pirates... Now, part of this is they've refined the attraction, but Pirates' line used to be much longer. Traditionally, during the summer, that was always the the extra queue was open, ran all the way back uh, to wait, basically where the bottom of the indie attraction is. Yeah, but I think we also have to take a look at how much pirates can move through. Don't forget, I told you when pirates first reopened after their after they added. No, I just uh, I said they've increased their capacity, but still, I. I don't think Small World is as popular today. And you can argue there's no way either one of us are going to be be proven right or wrong here. My perception is I remember longer queues, more switchbacks than I see now. Are they able to operate it more efficiently now? 
I don't think, think so based on how you see the boats go out because of large people uh, that aren't quite as full as they used to be. It's my opinion. I just don't think it's that magical, eye-opening thing for all kids. I, yeah, kids like it, but I think potentially adding the characters in might add a new twist for the youngsters today. I don't necessarily agree with it. I'm just saying I can see the potential of it adding a new twist that they'll say, oh, I want to see Mickey. I, I think you're just being a little jaded, but I have to agree with Mike. The the uh, Adding those characters are not going to add a new demographic into the attraction. You're going to still get the same exact demo. Whether you put the the Fab Five and the and the Tune characters in there, you're going to get the same exact demographic into the attraction. It's not going to add the, anything to it. Yeah, so people are going to go there based on its old reputation. It's right. not going to increase. It's not going to make someone go to it who hasn't been to it because adding oh, Mickey, all of a sudden, the, all of a sudden, Fab Five's in there now. It's on my list of must do. Adding, adding Mickey Mouse and Pluto are not going to get any more people in there. That nor those that would say that are not going to go to the attraction, just because Mickey and Pluto are in there, they're still not going to go to the attraction. Well, they'll you go once to like check out. Well, they'll yeah, go check yeah. out the, they'll check out the new thing, but it's not going to make them come back. You'll get oh, a surge. This is what I needed. Yeah, you'll get a surge when it first reopens. Correct, but and it's not going to. It, it's not the. It's not the answer. It's not going to make. It's not going to make those people come back again. Oh, this is you know this is in here. Oh, now I'm going to come all the time. No, uh, you know you, you got to remember there is that aspect of the young kid who where are you going to guarantee where are you going to be guaranteed to see Mickey, where are you going to be guaranteed to see Donald? Two, there, well, no, there are very few of if any attractions where you're guaranteed to see an animated rat or duck or any of these. Yeah, you could stand in line at Mickey's house, but you will now but have you're an attraction. Mickey there. Yeah, eventually. Um, in this attraction, you'll be guaranteed to see all of these characters. But and again, I'm not think... saying it's the right way. I think we have nostalgia for an attraction that I'm still not h hugely crazy about. <coughs> but, and I don't necessarily think this is the right way. I'd actually prefer to see this attraction go and another big, well-planned attraction go in its place. But we've had this argument before. I... I don't know. I, I, I think kids would want to go back and see these things. And and I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to hold by. And like you said, there there's not going to be a right or wrong answer on that we're going to be able to ever come up with. But I'm going to hold to my comment that I think the attraction has been popular enough and is still getting enough uh, of a crowd coming through there that you don't need to add something into it that. To try to increase an audience, because I think you already okay, have your I'm, audience. Okay, I'm going to try to channel Walt here for a second. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and word. Walt <laughs> says you got to keep plussing things and keep improving things and not let them get stale. So Correct. You, you guys yeah. right now are being the poster children for a fundamentalist, because you don't want it to be changed. You think it's good enough. I'm no, 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 no. I didn't I say that. No, no, I didn't say that. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying that this change doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make Holiday sense. overlay is a plussing of small okay. world that All works. Right. Mike, okay. I'll, Mike, I'll remove you out of that DFness then, and I'll go back to Richard, who says it's oh, good enough you. the way it is. It <laughs> still gets all of the people it needs. You don't need to change it. So that's you can move exactly to the left a little, said, Mike. But, I, but that's no, exactly uh, what you said. No, I said I don't. You are saying that you, that we're putting that the whole idea of putting the Fab Five and everything is try to increase the audience, change your demographics and everything. 
I think it already has its audience. Well, I'm trying to that, figure out why they would put them in here. I'm not saying well, it's the I, and right I, thing. And I'm, and I'm saying I don't think I. My thought is I don't see their thinking way of a reason of doing that. To be quite honest, I, I you know until we started up with this subject tonight, this is the first I've heard of adding these characters into it. Well, that's okay. You and, weren't the first to know about some of the monorail issues or a lot of the other things that you should be the first to know. So it doesn't surprise me that you I don't know. I saw the train come out today. It was kind of nice looking. I thought um, it, I thought it couldn't make the turn. How did it come out? It's been running under its own power for a couple weeks now. They they they've been modifying it and changing everything it sounds like it should be going online wait 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 wait! i thought the issue whoa, whoa, whoa. was it couldn't turn the corners not running its it, own power it right it couldn't turn the corners it couldn't cut the corners and it was coming up over the track when it, from what i was told right. so how does running it under its own power now uh have, fix that did you hear, did you hear the comment that i said that they have been making modifications and adjustments to be able to fit it onto there and you never finished the fit i may have cut you off early you you were you cut, focusing yeah, on the power it. issue which we never heard and, was even a problem and then when they as they were making those adjustments they were towing it along the track making sure that it was fitting now that they've completed those adjustments, it's been running under its own power for the last couple of weeks now, and it should be coming online probably, I've, from what we've been hearing, probably within the about the next month or so. It Boy, should that probably story online. makes so much more sense when you go in the right order. But back to uh, It's a Small World. Well, I had it in the right order. Oh, you no, just you didn't. Me off. No, you... Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Jeez. Focus, Richard. Focus. Uh, I am focused. Back on Small World. I, you know, I have not heard of adding these characters in there. Every, like I said at the beginning of the program, the from what I was told is it's going to be the same exact show. They're not even changing the sets for the most part in there uh, because I, I, what I was hoping they were going to do was they were going to create a concrete flume and have the water spread out similar to what they have in Walt Disney World. And they're not doing that. They're putting in another raised flume. The whole thing that they're doing is, for the most part, doing the operational end, the stuff that makes it easier for Disneyland to uh, operate it and maintain it. It's not going to change anything in the show. If you go in as a guest, you're not going to notice any difference. It's going to be a difference as far as how the ride operators run the attraction and how maintenance maintains the attraction is what they're changing right now. You know, for the most part, in fact, I, I think I'd have a hard time finding anything on this blog that has not come true. I don't agree always with their... In fact, I, I disagree a lot with their opinions, but early on when it first started... I was agreeing, actually agreeing a lot with it, but they've never been wrong as far as I can tell about anything that has spoken about an upgrade or a change. Um, it's their opinions we don't always agree with, but they've usually been yeah. right. Now, if if they do it, you know, I, I'm kind of on the fence post with Mike. I, you know, I don't want to be DF. I, I'm open if Too they late. want to change it. <laughs> I, I, I'm open to the the change in the possibilities there. I, I kind of disagree with the concept a little bit, but I'll see what they do. You know, I you know I can't say one way or the other on that. <laughs> this, there's, there's a good line here. There's actually two good two. There's a lot of good lines here. Simba is an as an animal who fought off a relative in order to claim his throne in a kingdom clearly ruled by force. 
rather than civil discourse. Hardly yes. an example, or hardly an exemplary citizen for the human world at peace. Yeah. <laughs> or moreover, Stitch, of course, is not a peaceful citizen of planet Earth, but a blue alien described by the Internet Movie Database as a notorious extraterrestrial fugitive from the law. Yeah, now yeah, see, perfect. Stitch, Stick him in I a would... small world. Yeah. Well, Stitch yeah, is the one that really, to question. me, is out of this world. I mean, the uh, other ones, uh, I can see you sticking them. There, there's a way to stick a lot of these characters in there. You know, if Donald Duck had a kilt on, what would really be the big deal? He doesn't fit with, you know, the whole thing. But I really don't think the average kid or guest will go, oh, my God, get the fucking duck out of here. Do you, do you think that there'll be animatronic dolls that'll be singing with everybody else? Uh, no one Disney of late, they'll just be this static thing sitting now, there. But going, <laughs> I don't know. Going throughout this whole thing, we're kind of making assumptions on what if you have the entire attraction the same and you just have these characters at the, fi the final scene? I mean, that could actually be worked very well. Like the cowboy and the Indian? Well, like the cowboy, but I mean, you have the Fab Five there greeting in as this small world. Okay, I have to say, Richard, I keep saying the Fab Five just to cut it, cut to the short to say a lot of Disney characters, and then we've mentioned a few others. So uh, right. they've actually never gone down the list to include all the Fab Five, but I would have a hard time believing if Mickey goes in there, you know, Minnie's not in there, Donald's not in there. Uh, but Goofy. I'm saying, well, Goofy could be represent the United Nations if they put a little. Un <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, would that? I mean, that I can actually see would. I think that would be a plus to the show at the end. Uh you know, I, you mean in the area where everything is white. In the finale, yeah, yes. The finale, okay. Yeah. Um, and they're also all dressed in white, so they're not standing out. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So costume appropriately to the finale scene i can see that as an actual plus to the attraction yeah i could but there is a line here now granted we don't know if it's right or not unfortunately wdi has taken ill advantage of the downtime by staking out areas throughout the attraction to place a selection of smiling disney characters to spice up the proceedings now granted they add to that imagine a grinning stitch in hawaii a demure bell in Paris, a Peter Pan in London. So there is no set concrete, uh, this is where things are going. Now they're they're going out on a limb and wondering. So there's still some speculation here that since WDI is going around looking for spots, you know, that's potentially not for Disney characters. Somebody has told them. I mean, these these guys do have an in, and some of these yeah. guys are employees that write this blog or were cast members at WDI. So th these are not, you know, your Al Putz and Jim Dunghill. These are usually people that are connected, very connected. Yeah, but they, remember I mean, they, they they have good points though. You know, it's one more step in the homogenization of the park. Oh, I I agree uh, you know, almost with all of their points. <laughs> though I'm not the big Mary Blair worshiper she, that a lot of people are. 
Because they and, actually and, say now Richard can help us on this. Sorry, Mike, to cut you off. I just that's okay. I was on a tangent, and Richard can really or not a tangent. Richard will be able to help us out on this. They talk about you know Mary Blair's art being destroyed. Okay. Um, they argue that, and I'm not going to find it here, Mike. If you see this, because I'm sure you know where I'm going, that her artwork in Tomorrowland was destroyed. But I no, was say pretty it's covered sh- up, is what they say. Uh, I thought there was uh, a little no, more. It's still remember. back there, right, Richard? Yes, it's yeah, behind it's, the sun. Yeah, it's be, it's it's behind the stuff. I remember them mentioning that all of it was destroyed. That they destroyed all the tiles. No, it's it's sitting behind the. Uh, what it, what is it called? The paneling that's currently sticking out front. Now, granted, uh, those panelings where they're secured are probably either they did drilled have right through a, tiles, or maybe they popped a tile out. Who knows? Yeah, they they did drill through the tiles to be able to to secure those panelings in there. That is true. But the uh, the rest of the artwork's there. But I'm in agreement. I you know Mary Blair, I like the stuff and everything, but I'm not one that says that you have. to you know, the, it's not like it's a Picasso. It's not like you're de- dealing with the Mona Lisa uh, that you can't change it. Mo- you know, move on to something new. In fact, back then they painted over canvases a lot. You mentioned the Mona Lisa. Is it she painted over another? Or I mean, there's a lot of people yeah, painted over other other works. Now, and they get down here. They're they're trying to summarize, and they're like, "It's a small world. It's a work of art." Art. Those fortunate enough to be caretakers of a masterpiece are more than welcome to try a new frame once in a while, to carefully restore its surface, switch out the lighting, or even move a piece to another room. But even the most foolhardy owner knows not to paint over an original canvas. Now, granted, no one would think about painting over, painting over the Mona Lisa today. But that's not to say that back then, if they didn't like something, they might not have painted over it. And we know that canvases were reused. Well, suppose, supposedly the Mona Lisa is also painted over a prior picture of the same woman, too. Okay. So. And we know that Walt would have no hesitation if he felt it necessary to rip something down and move Correct. it. Correct. And I'm sorry, but architecture is art. And I respect architecture. I would have no problem tearing down something at some point if it made sense for something new and appropriate that was better. Now, granted, there's also that save our history side, and I do historic preservation now in the new job. So there's there's a fine line between moving forward and trying to keep our past. In this sense, it's an amusement park. I'm sure that if somebody wanted that facade, and you know, we were Disney was seriously saying, "Hey, you know, we're done with this attraction," and they weren't quick to rip it down, there would be people in the art world that would probably kill and make deals sure. to be able to but, move that. But but also yeah, let's, the, the, let's, the blog entry does say that it's destroyed. Let's yeah, let's let's also stand back for a few moments and take a dose of reality check too. When they and like I said, the 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 mural is still up there in the backside of uh the Star Tours facade and in the backside of uh the Buzz Lightyear facade. There's still a mural back there. But that is not Mary Blair's artwork. That's a mural that was based on Mary Blair's artwork. Her artwork is still in existence in storage over at the warehouses at WDI. The stuff that she drew up and drew, you know, her artwork is there. This was just a representation of her artwork that was made into a mural. So, same thing here. When you take a look at the artwork here that was at Small World, 
the artwork itself, the design will stay there forever, but the reality of it, the attraction part of it, will change. It, it, you know, if not this, if not this year, it'll eventually change again. It'll adjust. It'll modernize. And if Greg gets his wish someday, they might even bulldoze it. I doubt but, it. But the, <laughs> but the, uh, but the thing is, is they, they, it does get into a little bit of not a little bit, a lot of bit of a DF that you have to keep it the same all the time. Hey, you can't. You have to change it and make adjustments. And you sometimes ag- you'll make those mistakes. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? You know, let's forget that everybody grew up with this attraction on this podcast, that there is not a love-hate with this attraction. <laughs> because how many, almost every one of our podcasters in the DPN, <laughs> and a lot of podcasters outside the DPN will just... Go on well, about I, how this 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 song just—I mean, it's well, almost like fingernails on a chalkboard, a dentist drill without novocaine. It's just—it's <laughs> uh, here. It, you know, I still use—I still use it as a joke when I'm oh, when I'm talking to people there, and I'm. If you want to threaten somebody, oh, okay, you're going to spend the next two and a half, three hours in Small World. You will learn that song in three or four different languages by the time you're done. Uh, there's the joke, and I think Mike, weren't you involved in it? They did a 5K when you—I think you were still with the company. They did a 5K for a fundraiser on It's a Small World, and it was a total of 20 or 21 laps you had to do on It's a Small World to make 5K, and it was a fundraiser event. They never did it again because the joke was you had to have psychotherapy for everybody that came off of the 5K after sitting in there for 20 laps. I know they did um, it at a Pirates a couple years ago. I know that. Yeah, but Yo-Ho, Pirates Yo-Ho's 5K. not near as bad as It's a World of Laughter. I mean, it's a great song. I don't, don't get me wrong. It's a great song, and I love the Sherman and Brothers. very small doses. Yeah. But but eventually yes, it does get to you and it's how long is it? It's about thirteen or fifteen minutes long. At thirteen or fifteen minutes for the first lap, that's about all you can handle of it. You're ready to move on. So um yeah, it, it, there there is definitely hate relationship in there. I mean, I actually don't find the attraction to be all that great. It's I think it served a purpose at its in its time. It is unique to see every great once in a while. I actually like the Christmas version better than the regular version, and I would I could live with the Christmas version all year round. You can have Christmas Town back there for all I give a crap. I I just don't think not that it, because I'm more of a realist today and thinking you know you're never going to have this perfect little world because I think the dream no you're just jaded the, the dream is great to have this perfect world. It's just not you know grounded in very much reality. All right. But I, I think, you know, things are going to change. That's that's just a matter of life. Uh, life changes. Is it good? Is it bad? I can't say right now until I actually see what they're doing. Um, you know, everybody, when, when we we talked about one that everybody hated, nobody liked this one, Superstar Limo. When they first showed the designs of it, oh, this looked awesome. This looked great. It was a horrible attraction, and it was definitely a mistake. Monsters redeemed it quite a bit. Hey, tell me, though, Uh, would you think when this attraction was created 43 years ago, so you said it's for the 65 World Fair? 
was, uh, 64. 60 World's World Trip. And I, it opened up in 66, if okay. I remember correctly. I mean, they talk about... Opened in Disneyland in 66, yeah, I should say. Yeah, I mean, they, they make some references to a more innocent age of America. And I don't know, see, the, the Vietnam War was just getting going, right, in the early 60s. Uh, well, drugs and you know rock and roll is getting going. Was it that innocent in the sixties, or is I, it is I it like looking back at Camelot and thinking it was a much better time? Was I, it I really would, that innocent? I would say it was more of an idealistic innocence. Uh, view. Of, not not maybe not innocence. Not quite the right word I would use. I would say more of an idealistic view of it. We yeah, Vietnam. We hadn't really started getting into the horrors of what Vietnam began. Uh, hate Ashbury, the whole hippie movement. We were just getting it. Still five years away. That was still a few years away. And I think one of the biggest things that really uh, got a lot of Americans took that uh, idealism away was what happened with the whole Watergate issue. To where okay, so you're you're agreeing that it says, and yes, in the more innocent age of America, in which this ride was conceived. Blah, 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 blah. So you would agree that in six... Well, see, so it started really about being designed probably 63, because this one, this one, like the other attractions, were really rushed in their design. Um, yeah. In 63, you'll buy into this Age of Innocence. I'll go with you. I'll go on with this right now. Continue. Well, okay. No, I'm just, I'm just wondering, because you, know, you look back well, now, and I don't think... Definitely the a different being, time. Being in an age of innocence, I think well, I we would... always look back and find the past nostalgic, and we make it more than what it really was. Um, you know, even through well, the bad times of the the Vietnam War, and I grew, I was pretty young in those days, but you know, we saw stuff on TV. But you know, we weren't in areas that were really affected by riots and picketing, and it's it's almost if you were in. Uh, San Francisco in those times, or if you were lived in Washington D.C., you might have been really affected. But was the average person affected quite that much? But if you're gonna if you're gonna go well, into well. what the mindset, if you're gonna go into the mindset of the attraction, I think we have to take a look at who the original sponsor was, which was UNICEF, UNICEF yeah, which is the United Nations International Children's Education Fund, and the whole purpose of it was to be innocence of a child no i understand the concept of the attraction i'm just saying that the way they described it almost makes it look again like a camelot time when this was conceived and no, actually i think it looks like a time when someone was doing t- drugs uh, coming up with some of the psychedelic colors and stuff they were using it's well, a snapshot in time for what people were hoping the world would become with no more fighting the children are our future, all that nonsense. Oh, well, no, I, I totally uh, understand that, but I, I see kind of the psychedelic colors, and I'm thinking, geez, was you know, was she well, hanging um, around at Hayden Ashbury when uh, she was designing <laughs> this? You know, uh, you know, okay, Hayden ha- that- Ashbury thing didn't happen until 1969. No, I know that, but I'm just saying she's already she's like a, a pre hayde Hayden. You know, oh, she's, we 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 do we should mention you know uh, she was one of the other people that had a big to do with the facade work on Small World was Bob Gurr, who just got his window uh, on Main Street this last Friday. Just got it? Jeez. He just got it. It's on Center Street, and it's the only 3D window so far. You'll have to take a look at it. Meteor Cycle Company. But anyways, 
uh, Bob Gurr was talking about when they were doing the facade work here and some of the designs, he says they look like doilies. Well, that's exactly what it was because Walt wanted something to be able to show off the sponsors right away and they're still trying to figure out what to do. And there was these little paper doilies that they had on the coffee tables and Bob just quickly grabbed them and started sticking them on different places of the things and Walt took a look at it. Oh, that looks great. The sponsors, oh, that looks great. So that's how the design ended up getting, you know, going through it. They are actually are paper doilies. Do you ever wonder but, sometimes if Bob Gurr's lo- losing his mind? <laughs> <laughs> but Bob Gurr has another great story, and I think this goes right in Bob's line. Bob's got a lot of great stories. He has a lot of great stories. That's why I'm, so, I'm wondering if someone likes to hear themselves talk more than I do. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody that lo- loves to hear themselves talk more than you Actually, do, but... I don't like to hear myself talk. I just like to talk to other people. Yes. But anyways, he has a great story that goes with uh, when they were moving the attraction from the uh, from New York over to Disneyland. And Walt was absolutely insisting that the Tower of the Four Winds, which was the original entrance over at the uh, World's Fair for It's a Small World, the Tower of the Four Winds had to come to Disneyland. It, ha- it, was, it was a piece of artwork. Walt thought it was wonderful. It really spoke of the uh, attraction and everything. And Bob's looking at him going, there is no way we can bring this into Disneyland. And Walt said, Bob, I don't care. It's coming to Disneyland. You are going to put it here. So what Bob Gurr ended up doing was he ended up putting uh, three concrete pads out. One was in give current ideas of where these pads were one was out in about the middle of where case the back side of casey jr right around where the uh tapestry work is there on casey jr and the uh storybook ride one is in what is used to be the motorboat cruise which is now just kind of a wasted piece of real estate second class citizen smoking area yeah, <laughs> and the, well, it's not a smoking area anymore. And the third pad went into right smack dab in the middle of where uh, the teacups and Alice in Wonderland are right now. And he put these big, huge pads out there for, uh, you know, sitting out there. And Walt comes out one, and he made them very, uh, he made them stand out. He he just decorated them so they they were horribly stood out, like really sore thumbs and Walt comes out and goes what the hell is this out here for he goes well you want the tower of the four winds and he goes yeah and he goes well this is the footprint of the tower of the four winds i had to put the concrete pads in to be able to support the uh, structure of it and walt took one look at it and says junk it and so now the tower tower of the four winds sits at the bottom of the east river right now because uh, there was a, a little bit of a reality touch there that bought that bob Gurr and walt disney came to that said yeah it's a great piece but it just wasn't going to work it needed a change we needed to make an adjustment here well it sounds and, like bob might have unfairly placed those things because though that is a large expanse i think it could have been pushed back towards the facade but it may have just been way out of place it made the matterhorn look terribly out of scale also i was i was going to say the tower of four winds if i remember is taller than the matterhorn is yeah. so yeah it would have it would have looked i think it would have been a, a complete blight it doesn't it theory. doesn't look that large in the photographs but there's not a lot to give it scale yeah but it's um that's why i sometimes so, wonder but, with but bob because he's he's got some real doozies um i heard one the other day that he said he made the original monorail out of spare car parts but you know that was contrary to some other stories I've heard about how the original monorail was built. I now, thought that was the Viewliner. See, that's what I thought, and I heard someone talk about the old monorail being built at old old car parts. I'm like, that 
doesn't make sense to me. But the viewliner, you are correct. I've heard that one. So anyway, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think the DFs will just freak out if this is actually true. I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really care because, you know, I'm not a big, huge fan of the attraction. So I don't know that it bothers me one way or the other. I don't ne- think it necessarily fits the the original theme of the attraction. But then again, I think, you know, I really don't think the attraction would be the way it is now. If it, if, excuse me, you know, if Walt had lived to maybe 70 or 80, <coughs> he may have already changed his attraction, adapted it, got rid Who knows? We just don't know what he would have done. But Correct. based on past practice, he was willing to make sacrifices to do new things. Well, uh, I, I think so. just even in, uh, just looking at the attraction as it is and the adjustments they're making now with the rehab that's being done, it wasn't, I don't think it was really intended to be there for 40 years. I don't think any of the attractions were meant there to be meant to be there 40 years. I mean, they built mostly the attractions based on, uh, their experience in the movies. Everything is a, is a prop and a set piece, which makes, leads you to believe they're easy to change. A pirates yeah. could have been rethemed. It could have, whole scenes could have been taken down and changed. Uh, same with uh, the mansion, all the dark rides. I mean, there it's all light and trickery to make it look like it is. The, unless you've had the lucky opportunity, like Richard and I, to walk behind the attractions and see how really cheap they are. Um, and I do mean cheap, especially in the dark rides. Uh, every parlor trick in the world to make those things look the way they do when you're riding them. Oh, here you go. I got. I pulled it up. 120 foot tall. That's how uh, Tower uh, of the Four the went. It's a little bit shorter than, than yeah. the Matterhorn, but still, way would have looked way out of scale and compared to the place, Matterhorn. Yeah. 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 That that's, does it give its uh, footprints any circumference or anything? Uh, let me see if I can find that out. Uh, Bob Gurr referred to it. It's four tons of steel. So well, it probably was. It was. It was quite yeah. large. So, anyways, anyway. uh, to, to sounds like we're about at the point of wrapping this. This I think this so. Maybe up. <laughs> yeah. And, any other last comments on, you know, good, bad, ugly, don't care. You know, I, I when it comes down to it, I'm not going to care all that much. You know, I'll still go on it with the same frequency I went on before. Whatever changes they're going to make. Okay. Now, maybe the question for you and for you, Richard, uh, for you and Mike. Once the kids are a little older to the point where they're they're wanting more of the thrills, um, and once once the boy puts some uh, fuzz in those peaches, will he want to go back to this attraction, or will it be kind of the I'll do it every great once in a while because it's a classic longtime Disney attraction? I think it's going to be one of those attractions, um, and this is why why I was. Forget that. I think it's going to be one of those questions. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to go off, and I'm going to go off on a tangent here for another 30 minutes on something. We're going to get into another discussion on something. No, it's going to be one of those attractions. Yes, the kids are going to lose interest in it. They're going to move on to other things. And, yeah, the wife and I might go on it once in a while just for the nostalgia period. But we probably won't really be on it until someday when, hopefully years from now, when we, if it's still around, we have grandkids, and we'll be taking the grandkids on it. But we, yeah, they're going to lose interest in the next few years, and we just won't be seeing it that much. So I'm thinking when we were in Florida, and we rode it when Fat and Happy 07, it was kind of like, let's see, the line's not very long. 
There's air conditioning. We can relax. It's kind of it's kind of on the vein for me. It's the same reason you go see Sounds Dangerous with Drew Carey. It gives you opportunity to possibly nap, get some cool air, and take weight the weight off the the, the feet for a while. That's well, kind of what Small World is to me right now. Now at Christmas, different because I dig Christmas, yes. so it's a whole different experience. I'll see it for sure every year Christmas as long as there's a uh, Christmas overlay. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe once or twice during the year. You know, if the kids are teenagers, then, you know, who knows? Do your Wham. kids ask you to go on this attraction now, or do you take them because you think they should experience this game? No, no, no. It's Do you want to go on that, yes or no? Sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. And Do they ever ask, know. though? So with To you, Richard, too, do your kids ever ask to go on this attraction? They have in the past asked to go on the attraction. The older one now is no I don't want to go on that. When the younger one says, oh, that sounds good, let's go ahead and do that, the older one is out already at the point of, no, can I go do something else? Okay. So Now, let's put her back in the, in the time machine for a few seconds. At the age that you think she appreciated or wanted to ride the ride, and Mike, you said it's never, uh, I want to go on this. It's you give them a choice. I can't believe that they don't ask to ride attractions even when they were younger, like Small Worlds or, I mean, Snow White, Snow White, or Peter Pan. Did this attraction ever come up in that I want to go on? Because yes. I can't believe that you always put it out there as, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? You're too democratic no, no. as you are. No, we're, you know, we're rolling by or we're crossing from Matterhorn into Fantasyland. Oh, you want to go down there and go on that? I mean, it. Okay, so in your case, your kids never went out of their way to ask for it, but Richard, you're saying in your case, your kids did ask. When we were in Fantasyland, we would be walking down between Dumbo and the carousel, and one of them would pop up and say, oh, let's go over to Small World. Okay, all right. In which case, the wife shuddered and said, you you, you can go. (laughs) You know what they should hand out in that attraction? You should have an option of getting some earplugs. (laughs) <laughs> or rent the or rent the rent the iPod that plays something else. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, just to throw you in there, quick little that link I just threw to you guys is on YouTube. It's actually some eight millimeter home movie of It's a Small World at the World's Fair. It's just about a nice little twenty second shot of the. Uh, Did you send Tower it by email? Momentum. Because I didn't get a chat. No, you got. You should have it right there on your chat. I do not he have said, any chats from you. He sent the chat, and I'll check it after we sign yeah, off. Yeah, after we sign off here. So, but oh, it's just okay. an interesting little. I, I, see, I have it as "Do not disturb," so the chats are not coming through. Okay, but I found it. All right. Well, that sounds like we're going to wrap this up. As we don't really give a shit what they do it because it's not <laughs> on the top of our list. Uh, attraction. Well, Let's say Greg doesn't give a shit, but for Mike and I, that still will probably write it a couple times. We have questions, but we're not going. We're not going to. The... Yeah, we'll see. You know, I don't necessarily. Time will tell. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's not really making me lose any sleep over it either. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. Not losing sleep over this one. It it seems, it I'm seems. Say, I got a bunch of questions I got to ask people later. Yeah, this it week. seems odd <laughs> and out of place, but I'm not losing any. I'm not going DF over it. No. <laughs> Alrighty. At least I haven't found something yet that I'm really going to go DF over. Sooner or later we'll come up with something, but not not yet. Okay. All right. Well, we know where all the emails are, right? Uh, should we yes. mention that no. the deadline for our our dinner is coming up, right? Well, the the deadline for discounted tickets is coming up. But again, by the time they're hearing this, 
It's probably passed. Well, then but again, you, you could can... post it before that just to make sure. I, well, that depends on you. Yeah, I know, but I'll get it to you. All right. All right. In case, we're hoping that we do see the 15th. you at Fest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We we hope that you we hope that we see you at Westfest. Please go to uh, DisneyPodcastNetwork.com and you can find the uh, go to where Richard. Westfest. Yeah, what is that right there? The DPN. The DPN. That's not I'm how sure I the, have, I'm sure the full. Uh, I'm sure the he, full Richard's URL one of this. Yeah. full one here. Okay, stop says, doing that because when you use that and you post things and people get email and they follow the link, they've got to sign in every time. Okay. You use yeah. the DPN. The DPN because and make sure you put the in front of it because if you don't, you're going off to some weird. You'll probably get a porn site. So make sure you put the DPN. Nice, not kid friendly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right. we said we said our typical emails. Westfest is coming up. Uh, do you want to talk about our meet at all, Mike, and what's coming up in the meet? Or no, you... no, we need we need to iron out a couple more things and then we can start building okay. that up. I thought we had the rules kind of figured out, but. We do, but you know, there's still few in my mind more things that we gotta. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, just let's put it this way: there will be a contest. You will like it. We believe you will definitely enjoy the uh, yeah. the experience, and we'll announce more later. Yep. So until right, then. then. Until right. then. Good night. See ya. Good night. Later.
Jingle shells, jingle shells, jingle all the way.